You're listening to the Kustak Show, the place where impossible becomes possible. Hello and welcome everyone to the next episode of the Kustak Show, the place where we're talking a lot about investment, we're talking a lot about motivation and business. And I'm honestly so excited about today's episode. Like I've been actually planning this episode to record a really long time ago, but due to some technical problems and uh, errands to do here, we didn't manage to actually record this earlier. So right now we are recording this episode finally, and um, I'm having today just an incredible guest. This guest is actually 16 years old and uh, he's an entrepreneur. He's an investor in stock market as well as in real estate. And just, he's an incredible friend who, I really admire our friendship about, and um, I'm so excited to introduce you to Ander Lee. Welcome, Ander. Uh, hey, Vladimir, it's good to see you. Great, great so, to see you, too. Yeah, so yeah. tell us about your childhood, how you actually got to this uh, place where you were investing in stock market and real estate and just this top 1% stuff of teenagers out there. Well, everyone is hanging out. You're actually developing your investments portfolio you were learning about business just tell us about how you got to this point well i think one of the things i've always started with is i've always had a really just deep thirst for always acquiring new knowledge and different ways of thinking so that i can always progress further and further in how i think about things so when i was younger i would mainly one of the most important things is teaching your kids about money early, not about how to abuse it or how to just spend it all, but how the true value of it and what it represents. Because in this world, actually, the paper money, it doesn't actually represent, it's not, sorry, it represents the amount of gold that we have. It's a small portion of a bill representing gold, but in reality, it's just a piece of paper. But actually, what is really important about it is when you know how to use it to your advantage, that is when you can really become a much higher working place in society. So I've always kind of co committed my life to working to progress that further and further in myself and my friends and my family and the people I always work with. So obviously I found I would always have a great time searching for different ways in which I can always make my money work for me because in this world, I don't prefer to spend my time working so I can make money so that that money can be taken from me when I need to have something basic to keep me alive. And by the end, I'm no greater than where I started from. I need to have a way to have active income and passive income and ways in which I can make my money, not just sit somewhere, so that I can spend it one day. I need to make it work for me so that it basically produces money from itself. And today I'll be talking about a couple of different ways of which I've been able to make that work along with other investments that I've made, including my education, my knowledge, and basically just the development of myself. So one of the first things that me and Vladimir talk very much about is the stock market. And recently, the stock market, because of our worldwide pandemic, there has been a very high drop in all of the finances and the money that has been put into the market at a base. And so as a result of this, it's had a very great down impact on a lot of people, but it's also had a very good impact for a lot of people. For example, for me, it has had a very good, good impact because I 
watched as my stocks began to drop a bit. And then after I realized they were continuing to go down, I sold them all. I waited until most of my stocks almost went totally bottomed or bankrupt. And then I bought them all again. And within the next few months, we're not even out of this pandemic. And I've still made more money by just watching how the economy is slowly, slowly creeping its way back up to hopefully a normal standard again. And so I just really think that one of the important things about making your money work for you is always watching where those funds are going, where they're sitting, and always making sure that you're getting the most out of your dollar that you can. Because if you have your dollar making you, say, 50 cents a year, then that's probably not very good because you could probably put it somewhere else to where it can make you much more money a year, say if maybe a dollar and 50 cents a year instead. And that's really what I've been watching with a lot of these stocks is a lot of kids don't, or not kids, but people in general don't really realize that they'll spend their time investing in say the S&P 500, the Dow Jones Industrials, because they have been reading a lot that it's basically going to make me money when I'm a lot older. But what they don't really realize with ETFs is, yes, they'll make you money, but they will make you money very, very slowly. Uh, And the important thing is to always make sure you're looking for a different way to make that money faster. Because all of us, we only have so many years on this planet and only a decent amount of time that we have that we can really make something of ourselves. So I just really suggest for other people looking into investing. Sorry, and yeah. to interrupt you, uh, can you please clarify what is NF, uh, what is ETF for our viewers? Because many are unfamiliar with this concept of just ETF. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So an ETF is basically a large collection of stock companies that are pressed into one solid stock. That is what you can buy. You can buy that ETF, and that ETF represents a big group of stocks. What I personally prefer to invest in is called equity. Equity is the exact basic original company that is performing on its own. ETFs, basically, lots of companies compressed together. Equity, one company responsible for its own finances. And what you can do is that's where you can basically take your advantage is in equities, you're always going to be watching the numbers raise or drop, raise a little bit, drop a little bit, but that's a much severe, much more severe drop. Whereas ETFs, people, for example, the S&P 500, that take out the certain stocks that are performing badly and try to put other ones in to hope, hopefully perform better. As I'm looking here at my market right now and I'm looking at the S&P 500, and if I were to go to the charts... It is at the beginning of the year. It was sitting around 3,400. And right now it's sitting about 4,400. Because at the beginning of COVID, it's dropped a pretty substantial amount from about 3,500 down to 2,500. And from 2,500, it's slowly, slowly been making its way back up. So when it slowly, slowly makes its way back up, that's what I prefer to keep away from. I prefer to keep away. 
I prefer to drift more towards something that goes down quickly and goes back up pretty quickly. But this is all depending on if you're a day, day trader or if you're looking for long-term investments. If you're looking for long-term investments, you want to try and buy a stock that has a low price, but has a lot of room to grow and is backed by good corporate things, corporate companies. So for a general example, to name just a couple, I would, especially at the time we're in right now, is most of the traveling commodities like airlines, cruise lines, helicopter companies, boat companies, transportation, all of those were severely hurt by COVID. And because of that, they've slowly been making their way back up. And those are what have been quadrupling and tripling many, many people's money. So another thing that is a really helpful thing with the stocks is to always look for the dividends. So dividends is basically they will pay you for holding your stock. And as me and Vladimir were discussing earlier, you have to always make sure you watch that you're going to make money from your dividend as much as you're going to make from your capital gains tax. Because one of the things you really have to look out for is how much taxation you're going to be giving to the stocks versus how much your gain will be. And one of the advantages to this is when you hold a stock for over one year, you will pay significantly less capital gains tax on that particular stock that you intend to sell. Yeah. And that's pretty much a good introduction to it. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm sure this is gonna bring yeah. a lot of value. And especially what we have learned, like I think the main golden nugget that we have learned during COVID, because COVID has significantly just shaped our world. It, I would say it even flipped everything upside down. But what we have learned in terms of finances and investing, is that when you're relying only on one source of income, like for 90% of people, that's nine to five job. And when the COVID hit, actually, like the entire world, you just lost your job and now you're out of job. Whereas if you had your income put somewhere in the real estate on uh, or in stocks that pay actually you dividends, you're, you would be much more secured. So that's really yeah. important, as Anders said, to look out for dividends in their stocks, as well as to look for um, taxes. Because personally, I live in Russia and here the tax on uh, dividends, that's 13% if you are not a US citizen. Because if you are a US citizen and you have stocks from the United States, you're going to be paying 25% on your dividends, which is hell a lot. And this is really what you have to look commissions, taxes, and also dividends like just because I believe and Ender believes as well like that's there is no point in holding stock unless you're of course gonna sell it if you don't have dividends from this company paying off back to you because stock without dividends that's essentially if you're holding it and hoping that it's gonna actually start paying dividends that's just hopeless maneuver here since you're gonna be out of money you're gonna be just holding this paper stock and this is it. So, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I think this is something for people to digest really a lot that people have been needing really a lot. And right now, let's mm. talk about just uh, 
how you actually got connected with investing in real estate because I heard you many times saying that real estate is really one of the safest assets on earth and what would you suggest people to do how if they want to invest in real estate like what is the number one step in their journey so the first thing with real estate that you have to realize is it's a much higher market and if you really want to get into that market you have to have a good amount of capital to start off with and for a lot of people just beginning out in their finances it's pretty hard to get to that beginning especially if it's American real estate and that's particularly what I invest in is California US just because it's so stable and because you really want to choose the area in which the wealth is going to constantly be be flowing in that is particularly why most of the real estate by the coastal areas is much more expensive and better to have real estate because it's never truly going to lose its value because there will always be wealth flowing in from other countries to the coasts to the ports and to the people there and it's just the first area right off of where people will be getting new goods new pieces of wealth and anywhere that or anything that can progress their lives forward so with real estate how i got started with that is partnering with my father who would also invest in real estate and buy it where he could and making sure that you always want to make the real estate work for you so this is the one particular area in which it is really good to have the money make every single dollar count because with real estate you can actually make the money work for you and this is mainly what a lot of people don't realize is that when they want to have a home to live in they either own that house or they pay rent on that house so if you're the owner of that house that rent is going towards the house so if for example i am buying a house for $100,000 in order for me to make my money work for me i'm not going to just dump $100,000 into a property because truly that's not making my money work for me i can take 20% of that 100,000 $20,000 and say i need a loan from the bank and this is called leveraging your money Yes, I have that $100,000 that I can use right now to pay for that property, but there's absolutely no gain from doing that. What you want to do is you want to take 20% of the money you have, give that to the bank and have the bank give you the other 80,000. With that 80,000, you can slowly pay it off over 30 years or 15 years or whatever you deem what you want to do. So why this is a really great advantage is the people who are going to be paying rent inside that house are going to be paying in California for example it's about 1500 a month so 1500 a month is going to slowly slowly pay off that debt that you have for the bank so now you see you have an extra $80,000 that you can use for whatever you want and over the next 30 years that 1500 a month that those people are paying in rent are going to be slowly 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 paying off the bank loan itself so the house is essentially paying for itself you're no longer paying for the house and by the time and eventually 30 years when that house is fully paid off you now have a way a way of passive income 1500 a month for one property 
that that money is now not going to the bank. When that property is paid off, that fifteen hundred is now going right into your pocket, and from there you're set. I mean that fifteen hundred you could have totally have enough to pay for your expenses for the month. You can put that money back into stocks, make it produce more money for you. You can use it for essential needs. You can use it to help any anything out. You can even use it to buy another property. Yeah. Just yeah. Just keep yeah. on going. Guys, just a quick clarification for everyone who is now really pumped up about just investing in real estate. You're not going to get money in two years of investing there or in one year of investing. Like Cassandra said, it's minimum 15 years as you can stretch your loan to the bank, like from the bank, because uh, otherwise if you stretch it, if you stretch it, I mean, on lower amount of years, you're obviously going to be in expense. So always aim for like 15 years minimum being in real estate if you truly want to earn money. Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely agree. So the reason why real estate is one of the safest investments you can make is because it's always a physical thing. You Your real estate does not all of a sudden become bankrupt and disappear like a stock could. A real estate will never zero out because it's always a piece of land with a home on it that somebody could live in. Because of that, unless it's totally destroyed or all of the people in the surrounding area leave that area, which in California, let me tell you, that's never going to happen. Then it's not really a thing you can lose on. You will always have that gain and always have that property there. So no matter what, you're always going to have whatever you put your money in. And if worse comes to worse and you need to leave, you need that hundred thousand dollars. You can just sell the property and you have your $100,000. And then on top of that, you'll also have a gain because in California particularly and other places as well, properties go up about 2% or 1% every single year. So if the property is $100,000 today, by next year, it could be $100,000 and... 2000 and if it's going up every year then great you just made two thousand dollars every single year off of a property that you've invested in now if you put that into perspective two thousand a year yeah that's not really much but say you have 12 properties say you have 15 properties that's going to be thirty thousand a year more and more inside the property if you one day need to sell those so you're constantly going to be making much much more money every single which way and you can also put your this extra thirty thousand into innovating your already is real estate that you have currently, and then uh, up and then when go your price up, and uh, you can invest them somewhere in stocks. So you always like that's just who doesn't want to have thirty thousand extra? Exactly. So that's another thing is what's really important with that money is you have to make sure how you spend it. So when you're going to be using that, you want to make sure that you're spending it on the house, but you want to make sure that you don't buy a brand new house with that's all perfect, that has nothing that needs to be done, because that means the house is at its full value. You kind of want to have buy a house that's a little rundown, a little needs a little bit of fixing, because people won't sell that house 
for its full value if it needs work done to it. So if it's easy work you can knock out in about a month, then that's pretty easy. You can just maybe repaint the place, renovate it a little bit, put maybe eh, $10,000 into it. Then when you ha- what happens is when say I buy the house for 300,000 and it's a little rundown. I can totally renovate it, put about $10,000 into renovating that house. So now my total loss is going to be 300 and 60,000 instead of 350,000. So now what happens is when that house is fully renovated, it might be worth 400,000. So what you realize is you're not actually losing that 10,000 that you've used to renovate that house. You've actually brought the house value up. So now the house would probably be so you've technically gained $40,000 from renovating that house. And if you really want to be careful about it, which I always am about the finances, is you can actually write off that $10,000 as a tax write-off. So taxes are always there. They're always going to be property tax, income tax, all of those things. So you can take that $10,000 and you can say, tell the state, hey, this is $10,000 I put into the house. You can write it off as taxes and you don't have to pay that taxes. It's just a little other thing that can help you out. Yeah, yeah, guys, you see that, like, that's all simple. I see, like, at the first glance, they're, like, write $10,000 off. But, Ender, I guess this is not so simple as many people may say because you also need to pass lots of uh, some accounting work and other stuff. So that's really yeah. important to, for people to just know about taxes, right? Just how yeah. it works. Yeah, I mean... Uh... This is just very the basic numbers of how it works. And maybe it sounds really good when I'm just saying the numbers, but you also have to think about how it really be put into the real world. There's so much other things you'd have to worry about, make sure that don't go wrong, because uh, you can also run into, oh, maybe there's no renters, nobody wants to live in the house, then you've got a big problem because you're not generating that money. But in a general sense, It can make you value, but you do have to worry about the taxes, the renters, the mortgage, all kinds of things like that. Mm. Yeah. This is why for the majority of people, stocks and cryptocurrencies, all the other smaller investments can be a lot more profitable for them because there's much less things to worry about. That's a lot of stuff to understand here, guys. So yeah, so okay. And there probably for many guests here, uh, we are not from the United States. Many people who are listening to the podcast are not from the United States, but they want to go to the United States. So when it comes to me, I'm personally going to the United States. Like uh, I honestly just, that's my dream. That's my goal that I'm going to. And as an immigrant, I really want to know how I can actually invest in real estate and how I can also invest in my real estate where I can live. So what would you advise uh, to do for immigrants? Like, what is your advice for immigrants who want to be investors in real estate? Who are in so the United States? I, we always welcome personally into my state. We always welcome everybody who comes here and we all have the exact same chance as long as we are truly committed to it. So when you're here starting just wherever you want, because in these states, there's a lot more wealth. So it's a lot easier to kick off from, say, other countries. So when you really want to kick off your investments, you can start 
your whatever profession you ever career you want to pursue. And then once you work up to that finance level, then you should be able to turn around, start investing into real estate. So for you, if you want to come into the country, then after you have your visas and your citizenship and all of that worked out, by the time you get here, you should be able to kick off wherever you want, wherever you need, continue education. That's what I particularly love about California is it's very close to everything you could need. It's close to the coast. It's close to the mountains. Very, very large amount of education everywhere. And there's a good amount of real estate. Aside from California, the East Coast as well would be a great place to start because there's a similar schematic and social system. There's a good real estate. There's good properties that hold value. Just to make sure that you start your career, you start where you want to what you want to do with your life, how you want to make your money, because you'll still always, on top of that passive income, I'm not saying to just quit your job and live off making sure you're making real estate for the rest of your life. You'll still need a way until you get to that standpoint of where you don't need to work anymore. You're still going to need to do a bit of work to make that extra income to put towards your properties to just make a better life for yourself. And then you can remember for your future as you get older and older, you'll have less work, you'll have more money streaming in, and you'll just have more for your future generation. There's not a problem in your income and how much money you earn. That's just a problem in your spendings, like what you spend your money on, because many people buy some BMWs or some Rolls Royces and other stuff, and then they end up mm. they end up paying like $500 per month just for this car. Like I was even calculating actual expenses uh, for example, you're earning like minimum wage. What is minimum age uh, wage in the US? Like thirty. Currently in California, it's seventeen dollars, uh, which I, is I, what most people earn. Annual annual salary, every annual salary. salary. Yeah, I believe it's about forty to fifty thousand. Yeah, so, for minimum. So forty to fifty thousand. I was calculating and. Actually, all your taxes and the payments for your housing, for your some necessities, they take up only 60% maximum of your income, like just maybe 50 or even 40 if you are spending this really wisely. So all this 50 left and 60% are available for you to invest your money and put it to work for you. And yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the biggest problem with our generation. So we have so many things that we can put our money on, we can put in, put them into Netflix to, again, to a car, to, we can go out every single day. And uh, if you can, like, actually be wise with your money, you're also going to see much bigger return in the future and not care about yeah. this money, like, in 20 or 50 or, or 25 years. So always, guys, just general advice for me and from Ender, you have to make a list of the things that you need and of the things that you don't need. Because I can tell you for sure that all the things that you're currently spending money on, they're essentially meaningless to what you actually want to accomplish. Uh, Precisely. I totally agree. Yeah. So one of the main things is people get totally stuck in their mind and I have to look this certain way so that I can impress other people so that I look cool. But in reality, nobody truly actually as hard as it sounds and hard it is to accept nobody actually truly cares if you look a certain way only thing that is 
truly important is what you want to achieve for yourself. If you going go around with your ideal in your mind as you have to look good to impress people you essentially don't know or don't even like, then you're going to always be working to fill this void of you're not enough for yourself, you're not enough for the world, and you're not enough for producing what you want to produce. Because if you're spending all of your money to buy something that looks expensive or is expensive so other people think, oh, you're rich or you're cool, in reality, you're not. And in reality, by looking this certain way, you're not really going to achieve anything. It's just a front for what actually you don't have. All your, these BMWs, they're just your insecurities, like 98% of people. Like I'm not saying about <clears throat> like, you know, those people who are truly valuing the car as it is just because they love the car. I'm sure the 98% of all people who are buying these cars just want to look great to their friends or to other people, I don't know, girls or guys. And it's just, yeah, you know, this is, yeah, this is new normality due to our social media stuff that we're developing since many people are like, just really love showing up, showing off with their new buys and stuff. And like, you really seem yeah. bad in their background. Like as you, as you may think they're like, oh, oh my gosh, this person has new Rolex and I don't. So I need to kind of take a loan from the bank to buy them. But the downside yeah. of it, you're, you, you'll end up in, inevitably paying like from 50 to 10 to $100 monthly. And this is not what, mm -hmm. you, what you need to do if you want to be rich, like wealthy. Precisely, precisely. Re, rich, being rich and wealthy is to, two totally different definitions because being rich is, again, being kind of bragging guy who is, you know, who's probably inherited a lot from your parents. And then like showing this off to your friends, but being as wealthy, if you have made it or you worked for it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But being wealthy, like what is true wealth? It's essentially your freedom. Like this is what we're right now screaming about with Ender to you guys that you have to put your money to work for you. This is, this is really simple as, as you may think, but this is not, this is not, you have to always make your research where you're going to put your money in. And that's essential. I think. For the, yes yeah always learn something new like i'm personally right now learning so much stuff from uh and there so much information that i just couldn't even possibly imagine and uh, i'm definitely going to be rewatching this episode um in indefinitely for <laughs> my whole life i guess and uh this is guys that it, you have to rewatch at least two times in your life so Yeah, so Ender, what is going to be your last piece of advice to all young people who are uh, 13, let's say, to 15 years old? And what is going to be your would, advice to people who are already like 30 plus and older? I think my true advice for the younger group is always commit to what you want to achieve for yourself and for your own life. And not to make sure that you care about what other people will think of you. Because in the end, we're all only here for so long. And you really just want to build a legacy for what you have in your future and what you pass on to your next generation. Not about right now what you're thinking about is cool or what you want to buy. In the end, a $1,500 car works just as well as a $30,000 BMW.
It's just a matter of with that extra $28,500, where you're going to really use that money. Whereas if you're going to use a $1,500 car that works just as good, you have an extra amount of money that you can use somewhere else. Really think about where you want to put that money. It's never too early to invest in something. Truly. Yeah. Truly, it's never too early. You can invest through your parents. Actually, since we're not even, you know, 18 years older with Ender, we still have to make our parents to kind of, you know, make some accounts for us to... Precisely. To invest from us. Just ask your parents. Like, I'm sure their first, like at least 98% of the parents, they're not aware of this stuff because at least here in Russia, People were always abiding by the government since the government uh, in the Soviet Union was providing really a lot of monetary help to people. But now those people just simply are not aware of this capitalistic system. But especially for youngsters who are born in the United yeah. States, that's extremely easy to kind of convince your parents in this. Finally, that's another good bit of information I would, should close out on is always make an effort to be too ambitious for what the world has started. So for example, for me and Vladimir, I have become too ambitious to actually have my own stock account. I have started this before I'm legally allowed to have my own. I have to have one through my parents because the world is not ready for young people who actually want to commit their lives to being productive. Yeah. Right now, the world is not thinking of yeah, these 16, 17-year-old kids are actually making something out of themselves. They're just messing around doing whatever they want. They're not actually committing to working for something they want in their future. Exactly. Yeah. My granny is personally like, she is interested in investing, but she thinks that she's too old to invest. She doesn't have time already. So what would you suggest to those people? Not lost still, right? No, it's never lost is I would always suggest that there's always something brand new on the very dawn of the horizon. And for example, right now, that's the crypto market. Right now, the cryptocurrency market is exploding, but we'll have to save all of that for another episode. But always look into different things that can always be in the future. Always look forward up towards the future. It's never too late to always start something. Amazing episode. So thank you, Ender. This has been such an impactful 30 minutes of my life that I have ever actually experienced because though we are talking a lot with Ender on these topics, I still didn't realize so much knowledge about just real estate and investing. And right now, like the oldest things that Ender has told us, has told me, has told you guys, everyone, they always they all have to actually stuck in your mind because that's essential. So, Ender, <clears throat> thank you for being here. Thank you for being guest on the Kustak show. And um, this is definitely we're waiting for more episodes with Ender because um, you guys, I he's fire. He, this guy is fire. So we're definitely gonna be waiting for more. And uh, yeah, so. Leave your comment down below, which you have actually learned from this episode, because I know there's going to be lots of stuff. And uh, yeah, so going to see you in the next episode. Yes, thank you, Radmir. It's been an honor to talk with you. That's been an honor. Thank you. I look forward to seeing you. Soon.